Everybody, welcome to the Retro Wrestling Review. This is your buddy and your pal, Ouch, back again. With hopefully improved audio quality, because I figured out which end into the microphone I should speak to. That's a confusing sentence, I don't care. So, hopefully that'll improve things a bit. Gonna jump right into it, because it's a big show for this one. Amazingly enough, when you consider the source, uh, WCW New Blood Rising... From August 12th, 2000. Now, I'm, yes, I am trying out a WCW 2000 pay-per-view. I know that everyone, when it comes to WCW, they think 1996 through 1998 as their golden period. Which it was. They took over. It was amazing. All that kind of stuff. But for me, even with the Russo reputation for WCW 2000, there's always chances for a little bit of gold or at least points more than anything, so I'm at least going to give it a chance. Uh, on the WWE Network, they only mention two matches of it, though, so you're basically ordering the McMystery meal. I will explain that gimmick. Uh, imagine when you go into McDonald's, you see the entire menu boards. They're all screens and digital now, but you see the menu boards, and they give you every single option, right? Well, the McMystery meal is as if they didn't have any of those. They just had one item you could order, the McMystery Meal, and you never knew what was going to happen. That's kind of what I'm walking into with this pay-per-view. Uh, and then, of course, I cheat a little bit. According to the timeline, 11 matches. Needless to say, this probably took a couple of nights. It's been a little while. Uh, opening video package, introducing the main and semi-main event, Jeff Jarrett versus Booker T for the world title. That's good. I can explain that, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Understandable. And Goldberg versus Scott, Kevin Nash versus Scott Steiner. Except I have no idea who to root for in this one, because all their promos, they're acting like jerks. So I'm not sure who the hell to get behind on that. A minuscule segment talking to the fans out front about who's going to win the three-way dance. The one they do talk, they're doing the usual super mark out and the cheering for themselves and stuff like that. Too bad nobody else around them is cheering. They just have the look like... They're staring at the crazy guy, which I believe I've gotten in high school and college every now and again. But, oh well, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Tony Schiavone, Scott Hudson, and Mark Madden on commentary. I'm going to get to a complaint about that in a minute. Opening match, it's a ladder match. Three count of Shannon Moore, Evan Courageous, and Shane Helms being accompanied by Tank Abbott. Figure that one out. Going up against the Jung Dragons of Jamie-san, Kaz Hayashi, and Jimmy Yang. Tank Abbott dancing like a goofy idiot. Points for that. Tank Abbott singing the three-count song. Points for that. Tank Abbott's three-count shirt has two of the three circles cut out on it, so his nipples are sticking through and showing. Not points on that one. It's an interesting choice, to say the least, but no points, no points. Don't worry. Okay, so the rules of the match. Hanging above the ring, there is three counts gold record and a recording contract. Three count has to grab the gold record, and they win the match. The Jung Dragons have to grab the recording contract, and they win the match. 
Uh, there's about 15 seconds of uh, nice mat wrestling, and then it immediately becomes a ladder chase. Um, you know, there are some good ladder spots here. You have your dives, slams, everything and everything. Very good on that idea, so nothing terrible too bad there. And then on the commentary, uh, the term high spots is mentioned. It kind of bothers me. It's something, you know, wrestlers on the in, in the locker room will use the slang term and insider terms like that. That's fine. And then the fans, you know, talking to each other, they'll use it because they know it. I'm okay with that, too. For some reason, I don't think wrestlers can use the insider terms with the fans. There's a weird disconnect there. I mean, it's all throughout the night. They're using high spot, like, insider turns and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of weird to me. Like, you know, you go to a, you know, a fancy stage production of, like, Shakespeare or something to that, you know, it's like the lead actor on stage going, to be or not to be, that is the question. I will ponder this question as I meander over to stage left. I will dodge the trap door because the lock on it is not that great. Scene. Uh, there's a weird moment in the middle of the match. One of the Jung Dragons pulls down the gold record. It's not the item he wants, so he drops it, and Tank Abbott catches it. The match still continues. Couldn't quite figure that one out. Uh, Tank Abbott pushes both of the ladders over with both a three count and a Jung Dragon member on it. No real clear reason why. Dive spots, boom, crash, boom. Three count grabs the gold contract. They win the match. It wasn't their item, but they won it, so... It's a good car crash match, but very confusing rule set. If you ignore the BS, it's not too bad. Ernest the Cat Miller going up against Great Muda of the Dark Carnival. Amazingly enough... The cat is over. He gets some crowd reaction, so... There's at least pops for his move, so hell, I'll take that. Cat, of course, a former karate champion. When you're good at striking, I think that makes the match better. I mean, just because of my background, but, you know... It's like garlic salt. It only enhances stuff. I think it's a good match. Uh, the green missed by Muda. The referee turns his back to clean out Miller's eyes. Tigress of the Filthy Animals comes out... Hits a top rope chair shot on Muda. It's not that good. Follows into the tornado kick finish and Ernest Miller over. I thought it was a solid showing by both guys. I am defending this because later on I'm going to explain what the book said. I'll get to that later. Positively Canyon going against Buff Bagwell. Uh, Positively Canyon is Canyon basically doing Diamond Dallas Page's gimmick. Basically that ripoff. Canyon comes out with a forklift, and Buff Bagwell's mom, Judy Bagwell, is tied to it, so it becomes a Judy Bagwell on a pole match. But as it turns out, you can win by pinfall and submission, so there's no actual climbing to catch someone. Two matches with strange logic in so far. I hate using this term because it doesn't explain anything, but wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Canyon Cutter gets a two. And then of all people, David Arquette comes out, hits Bagwell with a hard hat, doesn't do much of anything. A double blockbuster, Buff goes over and saves his mom. And then at the end of the match, a canyon cutter on an Arquette, and that gets a big pop. 
It's a fine little match. It's, you know, traditional American style. A lot of bad karmic wrestling terms, though. You have Judy Bagwell and uh, David Arquette. So those two terms do not bring up a lot of happy thoughts with wrestling fans. Again, talking is killing me. Jeez. Four-way tag team match for the tag team titles. The Misfits in action, uh, General Rection and Corporal Cajun versus Sean O'Hare and Mark Jindrak versus the perfect event of Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak versus Chronic of Brian Adams and Brian Clark with the filthy animals acting as special referees and enforcers. It's a multi-man mayhem match, so it's a little hard to call, but there's a lot of good action between everybody. Conan joins commentary for this match. It's weird, because he is like... Let me think, let me think, let me think. There's commentary in character terms, and commentary in actual I-don't-like-these-guys terms. And Conan is on the second side. You know, he basically... You know, he says, these guys, you know, if he was in characters, like, you know, these guys aren't tough, they can't mess with the filthy animals, stuff like that. The way Conan talks, he's like, yeah, these guys got no charisma, they don't connect, they're not over. It, they're basically, he's basically killing everyone in the match, so there's a difference between fake dislike and real dislike, and he doesn't quite get the line. Dark carnival interference, nothing much of anything happened from that. Lieutenant Loco, Chavo Jr. comes out, attacks Disco, takes off the ref shirt. A Chronic member hits a chokeslam on someone or other, and Chronic over from the count by Chavo. Kinda messy, a little overbooked. Solid in ring, so there was at least some talent in WCW near the end. Angry Jeff Jarrett promo, nothing too special, like most anything by Jeff Jarrett. Shane Douglas going up against Billy Kidman in a strap match with pinfall and submission. Shane Douglas with Tori Wilson in his corner. Why does Shane Douglas come out to, like, scary circus music? It really didn't fit that well. It was a strange call. Uh, Your usual strap match spots. People get whipped. People get choked. People get huge wedgies, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Tori Wilson on the apron with her shoe... Mark Madden, quote, on commentary, She's turned heel! Okay. Points as stupid as it is, but it's a good pun. I'm gonna give it to it. Uh, around this time, Shane Douglas was using a fisherman buster, calling it the Pittsburgh Plunge. See? That's kind of the key. You keep evolving and you keep refreshing yourself so you at least stay relevant. Mess up, maybe, by Tori Wilson. Kidman, it's the spot where Kidman pushes Douglas into Wilson on the uh, apron. Except she doesn't really sell it. It's She just kind of has a look of mild exasperation. Like, she, usually they're supposed to fall off, but no, she's just like, bump. Oh my goodness, someone ran into me. Uh, it leads to Kidman's Kid Crusher, which is like, you know, Christian's Unprettier or Kill Switch. Uh, Kidman over. Burp. Franchise starts the beatdown, hanging Kidman with the strap. Uh, Vito makes the save. Reno comes out. Brawl between those two. I don't know who they are, and I don't care. Uh, Booker T arrives. He gets jumped by Jeff Jarrett, injures the knee for that angle. 
the burp again and notes turning page. It's announced as an ROTC match. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a mud match. Uh, Major Guns going up against Miss Hancock. Uh, Major Guns, also known as uh, the fitness model Tylene Buck. Very nice looking, although very enhanced, shall we say. More than likely you would chip a tooth on those things. Jeez. Uh, it's hard to figure out where Buck got more of her popularity or attention from. Here or in the Backyard Wrestling series? I should, go those, I should give those a rewatch. I might go over those one day. Women's match... Not great action, there's bad move execution, there's bad selling. There are even moments where Miss Hancock would cover Major Guns, and then she Major Guns would not kick out, it would just, Miss Hancock would just move off of on top of her. It was not great. And Mark Madden is howling on the commentary. Like, he turned into the wolf from the Tex Avery cartoons. I like the reference, it's staying in. Matt, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. There are quotes on all three of those wrestles. Uh, it goes, goes to the mud. Roll up in the mud, major guns over. Miss Hancock starts selling abdominal pain. David Flair dives out, being treated very serious. I believe it was the start of a miscarriage angle. Oh, thanks, wrestling. And even if it... You know, using one ounce of logic in my brain thoughts, if she was supposedly pregnant, it would have stopped, and she would have stopped sell started selling at the first bump in the match, not after you know a ten minute car wreck, and not in a crash bang boom way. Here's a weird thing, weird thought: this bad match gets a page of notes, while the Muta Miller match gets a paragraph. I have strange logic. Interview with the Dark Carnival of Vampiro, Muta, and the Kiss Demon. I heard Juggalo, and I tuned out. Ringside, still on Stacy Keebler incident, uh, Scott, Su Scott Hudson says, This wasn't panned. It's not on the sheet. Which means it was exactly planned, and it's on the sheet. If it wasn't planned, we wouldn't have seen it. Okay? We're not idiots. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking about? Anyone else in here? No. Alright. Kiss Demon going up against Sting. Sting still repelling from the rafters. Seems like that should have stopped after Owen Hart. Just saying. Uh, immediate brawl. Here's the match. Stinger splash. Scorpion death drop. Sting over. Dark Carnival comes out, attacks Sting. Chronic out to make the save. Sets up another tag team title match tonight, thus negating the Fatal 4-Way and all that hard work from those teams. Thanks. Mike Awesome versus Lance Storm. Lance Storm is the Triple Crown Champion. He is the U.S. TV and Hardcore Champion, which he has renamed all Canadian titles. All with the belts have the Canadian flag on them. Lance Storm cites Rule 32B in the Canadian rulebook. Gets an extra Canadian ref. People think it's Bret Hart. It's not Bret Hart to deflate the crowd. I believe it was one of the Quebecers? Jacques something or other? I don't know. Uh, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Mike Awesome slips off the top rope, but he lands on his feet and still hits a clothesline. 
I have written down I call it a botch, but I might give him a break. Awesome hits a pop-up sit-out powerbomb for a three-count, although it's questionable. Except uh, Awesome over, except no. Jacques says it's a five-count in Canadian title bout. The match continues. Awesome gets locks in a dragon sleeper. Storm taps out. Awesome over, except no. Jock says there are no submissions, and it's pinfall only. The match continues. Uh, Awesome hits a top rope splash. Gets the five count, which... Points for that. It's kind of funny to see. Awesome over, except no. Jock says in a Canadian rules bout, after a pinfall, they have to answer a ten count. Both men on the top rope. There's a top rope thing. Both men go through a table. Didn't look great. Uh, table count one. Oh, that's the wrong promotion. Both men are out. Referee asks the Canadian rule book. Uh, whoever answers the ten count is the winner. Jock gets in the ring to help count. Ref, the original ref counting on Lance Storm. Jock counting on Mike Awesome. Hits a cheap shot to Awesome to knock him back down. Lance Storm up by the town of count of ten. Still champion. Bret Hart comes out, big group hug between the three Canadians. Cheap pop more than anything, but it gets over. I thought it was a fun match. I mean, I like the constant rule changes. I think it's a great gimmick, because the referee, the extra Canadian referee actually had a book that says Canadian rule book, and I thought it was hilarious, so I give that credit. Nash interview backstage, says he's going over Steiner, that I shouldn't have mentioned that, it's not too important. The second tag team title match, Vampiro and Muda going up against Chronic. It's a decent match, pretty clean with mostly wrestling. Uh, Green Mist blinds the referee, but the Harris twins run out of the crowd and take out Chronic. Muda hits his moonsault, three count, the Dark Carnival new champs. So two tag team two tag team matches and one only mattered. Uh, three way dance. Kevin Nash versus Scott Steiner versus Goldberg, possibly. Uh, they play Goldberg's music twice. He didn't come out. He comes out eventually, but he has taped up ribs. And this is where things get kind of weird. Commentary is really talking about both on in the ring and backstage talk. And then it starts happening in the ring. Nash is going for the jackknife. Goldberg just pushes him off and calmly walks away. Russo comes out and goes, what the hell are you doing? Goldberg yells F you right at Russo and walks off. Commentary is super confused. Uh, let me get the right book out to get the quote right. Tony Savani says in a direct quote, If, in fact, the jackknife powerbomb was part of this design, what are they going to do now? Improvise. Uh, jackknife on Steiner, Kevin Nash over. It's a decent match, but the weird-ass half-and-half shoe kayfabe presentation was strangely draining. I don't think anyone in the crowd got it. Nobody, I don't know, I didn't get it at home. It was really strange. And then finally, the world title match, Booker T going up against Jeff Jarrett. Here's a warning. As I was watching this match, my dad was playing our Street Fighter 2 pinball table, and something might be wrong with the left flippers, so... The pay-per-view was on, but I was kind of half-focused trying to fix a tent pinball table. 
Dog, big dog and pony show. Booker T's has the injured leg gimmick. There are tables, there are chairs, there are multiple refs. There's a great spot where Booker T goes for the sidekick, and Jeff Jarrett hits a guitar shot on the injured knee, so I'm going to give it points on that one. Uh, Long and short, Booker T hits the bookend for the three count. Still a champ, and that is your pay-per-view. Five points, two tables, and seven and a half pages of notes. Figure that one out. To me, you know what? This is weird. But I thought it was a pretty darn good show. Oh, for God's sake. There we go. I thought it was a good show. I mean, Russo may have been Booker, but at least he can't script out matches. I'll tell you what I saw. I did see a bunch of hungry young talent still performing at a pa at a high level, with at least a couple people getting a good crowd reaction, so... I mean, there was at least possibility there. And then the company would be gone in seven months. Moral of the story, don't get connected to anything. Uh, Match of the night. I'm reading my selection on the paper, and I think I might have to give it, because nothing else is really standing out. Lance Storm versus Mike Awesome. Two guys are both good in the ring, and I thought the rule-changing gimmick was fun, so I'm going to give Match of the Night Lance Storm Mike Awesome. I thought it was well done. The book I hardly suggest while using and looked up, uh, Russell Crepp and Figure Four Weekly presents the death of WCW. I have the original. There is a 10-year anniversary uh, edition out. I highly suggest it. I'm going to read directly from it. Uh, Let's see here. New Blood Rising was, of course, a horrible show. Not because the production was drastically cut back, but because the matches were awful and the angles were atrocious. The fans were so clearly sending a message, but nobody was listening. Uh, The opener, Jung Dragons vs. 3 Count, was good. The main event, Booker T vs. Jeff Jarrett, was good. Everything else set new standards for bad. The coup de grace, however... Then it goes into the Goldberg Quash. Anything else? No, but saying that this entire pay-per-view was bad, I don't see that. I really don't. I mean, I thought in-ring was decent enough. I'm Maybe I just take a step back and try to be neutral about it, but I have a feeling that that book has a little bit of an agenda against it. I thought it was an okay show, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Let me know what you think on the Twitter. You can follow me at just ouch. Capital J U S T, capital A E W C H. Also, check out other guys on the Giant Media Ball, especially Club Kayfabe. They're for you if you like current wrestling. So give them a shot. Uh, this was ouch. Next time, ECW. All right. All right. I am ouch. This was the rest of the reach. Have that. Hell with it. Goodbye.